This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome into the Take Command postgame show. I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And uh, Logan, that went to me uh, as the Commanders, uh, it's the Instant Reaction Show, of course, Commanders, lose to the Los Angeles Rams out in L.A., that went from one of the least interesting, least compelling, least mattering games that the Commanders have played since probably 2019, frankly, uh, the last time they were really, really bad in a season. But even those games down the stretch, you know, you're evaluating Dwayne Haskins, uh, who was a first round pick a week in and week out to one of the more interesting that they've played all season. Um, Jacoby Brissett comes in, two touchdown passes. He threw in 10 minutes more passing yards than Sam Howell, the NFL's leading passer coming into the week, did the entire game. And all of a sudden, the offense on time and running through Terry McLaurin, who had, I think I heard the broadcast say, a career-high receiving day at 141 yards, um, it became one of the most interesting games that they've played this season. My, uh, I think our charge now is to try to make sense of it. What did we just see out in Los Angeles? Ron has already said Sam's the starter moving forward, so it's not like we saw a quarterback change, at least allegedly. We'll see uh, if he, he still feels that way tomorrow. And based off the, the circumstances of the season, that seems unlikely. But what did we just see out in Los Angeles? Yeah, and I think uh, that's a really good question. And it's something that we're going to be talking about probably this entire week, and everyone's going to be talking about it. Um, and I think just, just sitting back and taking a look at it, um, it was one of those games early on where I was like, I wonder if this looks different with Jacoby at the quarterback. That's probably like the first quarter when I was watching the game. Yeah, And it just like it's one of those things, like if you're looking for like warning signs, like ev if everything's off schedule, if he's always vacating the pocket, if he's pitter-patting the football – those aren't great signs. And there were signs of that against uh, Miami, 
but as we did, as we went through the film, we kind of realized like Miami, there's some tight window throws. There's some opportunity to throw with anticipation. Doesn't quite get there. But that's something that's been on my radar probably since the the the, the Dallas game where it's like how – how off schedule is Sam actually in this offense? And, uh, you know, we won't have a definitive answer on this until we watch the film, which comes out on Wednesday. When does that podcast come out, Craig? Wednesday? Yeah, we record it Tuesday morning. Sometimes we'll throw up a clip on YouTube Tuesday afternoon, but in, in the audio form Wednesday morning. Yeah, so it's hard to say what exactly we saw, but this was definitely something that's been like, I think why everyone's had a little bit of consternation about the Sam Howell is the guy kind of declarative statements, especially coming down the home stretch of the season, is he – he just hasn't been on schedule. And if you were to watch his throws today and his and his offensive production, you took took away the name Sam Howell and inserted another, you know, kind of young quarterback. I think you'd be like, hey, this guy's going to be a fine backup, but this isn't this isn't the production that we're looking for from the position. And <clears throat> that's really hard to kind of um, juxtapose, I guess, or compare to the stuff that you saw earlier in the season. So, in terms of what actually we saw, we won't know probably definitively until. Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday when we post those uh, those clips up. But um, as of right now, man, I think um, it was the right decision, at least in this game, to kind of sit him down. And, you know, you can say whatever, you know, you can say it was for health and safety or whatever it was, but it just, he wasn't, at least to my eye, you know, he wasn't playing as well as he's played and um, he was hurting the offense and, you know, give Jacoby a shot. And um, I think in the context of Jacoby playing more, the offensive line looked like they were playing a little bit better he was able to kind of throw with some anticipation, throw some guys open, make some plays. And I think it's unfair to say that it's, you know, it's a one-to-one corollary because, you know, there's times where Sam's throwing to Terry earlier in the game that don't get completed. Here, Terry makes some plays and it looks a little bit different. And I think that's also something that needs to be noted. It's not just, it's not just we're running the offense through Terry now and this is the product. It's like Terry had some opportunities earlier that didn't quite hit. And here we go. Jacoby gets two explosive plays to Terry. And I think that's, you know, probably like 75 yards of, of offense from from those two plays. So it's not like it was this dramatic difference, but I do think it is significant. It just depends on how significant or insi- how, how significant um, it is when you watch the film. Yeah, I mean, you have your first 40 plus yard play to a wide receiver all season um, with that that 48 yard bomb to Terry. I mean, it's just it's tough because we didn't like what Sam did earlier this season. Like the progression is wild, right? Early, pretty good. A um, lot of sacks, but a lot of really good stuff. And he go through these stretches where he's on fire. I mean, second half against Denver, um, some of the stretches against Philadelphia, like big boy NFL quarterback throws. He's making crazy. And I think the thing that always impressed me during the stretches were was his demeanor. He was always calm. He was always collected, even through the sacks. They didn't seem to phase him. And then it got to a point where it felt like he was the only thing going for this offense and that he was actually the one elevating it. And then kind of Dallas Miami today, it goes from he's elevating it to, wow, this is nope. Nope. Like I don't even know what it's not even, he's killing it. It's just like, there's nothing here. Um, Receivers don't seem to be doing anything. There's just like no cohesion. It's just a bunch of guys out there running around. And that actually probably was like, that's what it felt like thing is when you go back and watch the tape for a lot of those you start to get back to some of the stuff that i think was there earlier in the year on the warning signs that everyone didn't want to hear because there was also the good stuff it's like hey if this ball comes out when he hits his back foot and the anticipate like he'd be throwing with anticipation and a ball would be completed and if everything's off schedule 
in an NFL offense that is this proven to be successful? Like the enemy's system uh, is the same as Kansas City's system, the same as what Doug Peterson is running. Like all these guys have proven this system works time and time again. Eventually you have to go back to the quarterback and be like, well, why isn't it working with you? Like, what is it about what you're doing, your decision-making process and your timing? And is this young guy stuff that's going to get better, which is I think how we felt most of the year, or are you just not cut out for this? And I think what's scary is instead of growing, instead of progressing in the right direction off the good stuff earlier this year, the good stuff has gone away of late and the bad stuff has remained and even enhanced. And that is terrifying because you have a massive decision to make moving forward for this organization of whether or not you use a top five pick, which doesn't come around very often, on a quarterback, or do you build around this one? And as a data point, like this game could be something that changes that decision. I don't, I don't mean to be dramatic or overstate things. It's just this was supposed to be the game that, that it was his get-right game. This was supposed to be the game that he turned it around against a defense that's not as good as the last two he's played. And instead, he played arguably his worst game of the year. Yeah, and I think that's <clears throat> I think that's one of the reasons why it's so compelling. Is it is like what is actually happening, and um, how how do people who are making decisions look at this game? Really, you know, and I and I think um, anytime you get bench as a quarterback, it's not great, but I do think that there is statistical variance at play, and you kind of look at the stuff early and you say, hey, is this is this high end variance that he was riding kind of a good statistical variance for five six games, and now he's kind of settling into more what he is because. Uh, you know, it's so funny, like all the, of the the commentary and the things you're thinking about and the um, the conversations you've had with people and you kind of say, hey, um, you know, like these concepts were a little bit more open earlier in the year and now he's got to throw with more anticipation. He's got to throw with better accuracy. And I think back to when I was evaluating coming out of college and I was always a little bit leery of his anticipation and his accuracy. And here we are, and that seems to be a big issue for him. So, and it's and it's so easy to have that confirmation bias in moments like this. And I also got to remind myself, like it's one game, right? It's not the end of the world just yet. But it is, it is to say that it's insignificant. I think is probably um, undermining its magnitude. And I think it when you look at the last couple of games, you kind of say this was the trend. This is a trend. And now, how significant is that trend? It's hard to tell because you know we watched the Miami game really closely. And I look at that and I say, some of that's not on him. Like, I don't care how you cut it. Some of it's right. not on him. I look at the Dallas game and I said, oh, he left opportunities on the field, even though I thought he played really well. And so now what is this? Like, where does this fit in the narrative? And to me, it, when I was watching it, when you're watching it live, you just felt that that kind of second-year quarterback, you know, a guy that it was a little bit too big for, a little bit too fast for, the windows were a little bit too tight. And he, did he make some plays? Absolutely. But – you got to make stuff on schedule in offense. You got to throw with anticipation. And I will say that when you look at what Jacoby did, I think it's great. But also, you're getting a very different defense and a very different defensive motivation at that point. I think you're getting more of a kind of let's let's secure the win, let's let's preserve the win. Excuse me, as opposed to let's be aggressive and dictate um, and dictate to the offense. So I think that's something that um, that really sticks out to me. And again, like I can't wait to watch the film because I think you're going to get a lot of very um you know like a much clearer picture of what actually was going on but i don't think that the the benching was was on accident you know what i mean i, I think or yeah. you know to protect him i think he wasn't playing um he wasn't playing great and uh, they needed to do something to kind of spark the offense 
Yeah, I think it was twofold. And Ron said after the game that it was to protect him. He's like, you know, he just wasn't he wasn't playing well, and you know, didn't seem like he had a feel for the game. So we just we yeah. pulled him. And um, but I also think you owe it to the rest of the offense at that point. If your quarterback is, you know, and again, this is a one game comment that I'm about to make. But if your quarterback is playing that poorly, you owe it to the rest of the guys to give them a shot. Like Jacoby Brissett's a good football player. And, you know, I haven't forgotten that. You haven't forgotten that. And I think today, anyone that might have forgotten that uh, is reminded that Jacoby Brissett is a good NFL football player. He's not great. Obviously, if he was a larger sample size, like it's not like if, if he was the quarterback of this team, they would have won 10 games this year. But he's a good NFL football player, and he understands like the timing of an NFL offense in a, in a really nice way that he's able to come in and he's like, all right, the ball's got to be out now. And he yeah. got it out. And, and, you get the ball and he, like Jahan all of a sudden is is a part of the game. Terry's a much bigger part of the game. The offensive line looks better and he just elevates everyone around to the point that like I know Ron already said that he uh, is going back to being the backup next week and Sam's going to be the starter. But I'm almost tempted to be like, Jacoby, you're going to get one game where Sam's going to be the starter again. But I want Sam to see how this offense looks with you in there for a full game and hope to God that Jacoby goes out and at least operates at a high level, even if they don't win or whatever else happens. But like show him that if the thing happens on time, good things happen. Um, so I, I mean, that, that sounds good in, in theory. The, the idea that it would work in practice is a bit silly, especially against the quality of defense that you're going to face next week and a very ticked off Jets team um, as long as they haven't quit because uh, they lost 30 to nothing today. But I think on a larger picture, Logan, the, the concern that I have with Howell is, is he all of a sudden David Carr? Like, is the shell shock of being sacked now 59 times after he took another one today, like, do you see that in him on top of the second year, it's too fast, where he, he had that, I mentioned earlier, that kind of um, demeanor mentality, like, we love the makeup all year long. Doesn't look like the same guy right now to me. Yeah, but I mean, I, why do you say that? Why doesn't he look the same to you? I think would be my there, question. There was a confidence that he played with, where he, there was a resiliency that he played with, and now it feels like he's guessing. Where he's well, like, I, "I'm back here. Okay, I'm going to run now," and like yeah. he doesn't have confidence in to just do the thing that he's supposed to do. Well, I think that's the thing that sticks out to me about the last couple of games, and you know, from earlier in the season as well too, is that like when. You're playing, and again, he was making some really nice throws, like big-time throws, and all those big-time throws have kind of eroded from the game. So, And I think those big-time throws do a lot because they keep you on the field in certain situations. They kind of build some momentum. They build the play callers' momentum. But I think even when they played Philadelphia and stuff, like when they were getting in these three-and-out situations and it was getting a little bit stymied, a little bit static, like the offense just didn't look good. And it just kind of – I feel like that whole – that whole, um, you know, if Sam's not making a play in the context of an offense, which is true of any offense, if the quarterback's not making a play, everything looks a little bit stagnant because they don't run the football a ton. They don't have all these things to alleviate the pressure on him the same way like San Fran does, for example. So he, I think as he's played less effectively, the offense has looked worse. And it's, I think the other thing that's interesting about Sam is that I feel like it's kind of the same thing. It's the same guy. It's the same offense, but everything's a little bit tighter. So he doesn't throw it with the same level of confidence. Like there were times earlier this season where you see huge throwing windows and you see good space and you see good um, distribution of concept. And I think as the season's gone on, people said, well, shoot, if this is what you're going to run, we're going to match it a little bit better. And you're going to have to make some big time throws or some some NFL caliber throws, which you see from Jacoby today. You see him fitting 
a tight window throw to an out to Jahan, which is like I don't think I don't think uh, Sam at any point this season would make a throw like that. Like I don't think he's just I don't think he's comfortable enough with it, right? You see the one to Curtis where he's running the the sit and Jacoby extends it and it's tight, man. He's it's almost like he's forcing it in, into a window, but it's that's NFL open, especially against really good matching defenses. And um, and that was something that we talked about in the Miami game quite a bit. That's something we talked about in the Dallas game quite a bit. Is this is open in the NFL, and do you and you have to make these throws? And so the fact that he's not doing that or he didn't do that now, I think it's been it's been looming for a couple of weeks. So I think when you say that it, I don't see the same guy, I, th- I think this is something he struggled with even when he was playing well. Is if it's not like open, open, he's probably yeah. not going to let it rip. He's not as confident in it. And as the season's gone on, those windows have just gotten a little bit tighter. The anticipation needs to be greater. The accuracy needs to be greater. And he just he doesn't have the the luxury of the space that was there early in the season. And I think that's this is the result of some of that stuff. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like there was some commentary over the last week and a half or so about oh you got you know you got to keep Bienemy and and Howell together. To me, this just kind of proves like these two are not. It's nothing personal against either of them, but like they're not the right fit together. Um, you look at the way quarterbacks are supported in other places. And I think that's what's if like Howell's your guy, you need a system that's more supportive of the quarterback. And that's not to say that this system is bad, right? It's the best system in the world. If you have Patrick Mahomes, if you had Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, what Sean runs in LA, frankly, with, with Stafford is very quarterback heavy. We talked about that in the preview show and, and in the pregame show, certain systems require a lot from the quarterback. This one requires a lot from the quarterback. This is a young quarterback. I won't even say the fifth round pick thing, but he's a young quarterback with certain flaws um, that are going to have to be massaged out of his game over time. And if you support him like Jalen Hurts has been supported in Philadelphia, then you can do that massaging over time. But if you throw him to the Wolves every single week, like eventually you're going to get this. And and I think that like that's the the hard part is you know I. I ask you why these windows have gotten tighter, why things aren't as open as they were earlier in the season. But I think I know the answer. And that's this offense hasn't really changed that much in a way that like you need to evolve over the course of a season. They run a lot of the same stuff. Defenses are all over it. And if you have Mahomes, it's fine because you just can't stop it. It's, it's good enough for that. But if you have Sam Howell, the lack of a running game, the lack of window dressing, the lack of this, the lack of that, puts a quarterback in this kind of bind. And again, like it's not that EB is a bad coach. It's not that Sam is the worst quarterback that's ever come out uh, and and all these terrible things that people are going to want to say after a performance like this. And then you see Jacoby come in and do what he does. It's just a bad fit. And I think that's that's a huge part of their offensive struggles in 2023 is the, the play calling and the offense being tailored or specifically not tailored to a young quarterback. Yeah, and I think that's somewhat this then this is where like areas of gray come in. I think mm-hmm. it's unfair to say that it's a bad fit because you've seen it be very successful for five, six weeks, seven weeks in the NFL season. And that's hard to do with any quarterback, right? Is to have some level of success and see him making big time throws. 
I, I do think that, you know, with all offenses, defenses are getting smarter, they're getting more efficient, and stuff's getting a little bit tighter, right? But there is, like, when you watch Stafford, you know, when he's dealing, and, like, it's a tight, you know, like, it's is that guy open? I don't know. Let's get the ball out. Like, that's the kind of maturation that we're talking about. And the other thing I would just say, and this is stuff that you don't know, and this I just want to bring it to, to, to fans' attention, because we're talking about, EB's not innovating, right? And it's so easy for us to say, oh, that we'd like to see more creative stuff, more motions, more checks at the line of scrimmage, whatever. But he's also maybe developing a young quarterback. And maybe these are the concepts that Sam likes and he, he feels comfortable throwing and he can read them. And you have to run them more frequently because this is what he does well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always important to just remember is like, we don't know. We're not at the meeting. Like, I, I don't know what Sam is, what Sam's feel comfortable with. But if I'm the coordinator, you better believe I'm like, Sam, what do you what do you like? And we're gonna call the heck out of it. And if this is what he likes, and this is consistently what he likes, like this is what I'm gonna call. And so it could yeah. it could go both ways, right? I, I definitely well, think, I guess like, my question on that point though would be like, at what point do you go like, hey, I know you like this, but the defense knows you like this and it's not working anymore. We got to do something else. Yeah. So I think that, that that's that's the conundrum, right? Is like if I as a as a play caller, I, I think that is uh is somewhat challenging. Like you look at Kyle. And they have a ton of verbiage. They have a ton of formations. They put a ton on the quarterback mentally to give him easy throws, right? But even in those, even like it's funny, man. Like I've been with Kyle for a lot of my career, you know, over fifty percent of my career, and we hit games where the defense would just have us. They just have our number, mm-hmm. and then the quarterback couldn't elevate us out of whatever the situation was. And they always talk about like like uh, Patrick Mahomes elevating, and then I think now with Brock Purdy in San Fran, how he elevates elements of the offense. Oh. This thing that was supposed to be open is now covered. Let me do a little bit of dealing. Let me throw a nice ball over here into a tight window with accuracy, which is something that other quarterbacks in the system traditionally haven't done well, right? And so, like, that's him elevating the offense. Even though, you know, seven, 70% of the games you play in, that first read is open and you can just let it rip, there's that 30% where it doesn't look very good. And I think you're running into that maybe a little bit here too. It's like, hey, like, this was good early. It's not good now, and sometimes they just got you. And I think it's about how you, to your point, how as an offensive coordinator you tweak and evolve to kind of match what the defense to, – to, to give the defense something different to deal with. That's what Kyle would always do. But there's always the opportunity that, hey, they got us this week, and you as a quarterback have to elevate. And that's the thing about this matchup, which I think is so interesting. I'm talking to Kobe and Sam, is did Jacoby do anything – tremendous like did he or was he just executing throws at an nfl level that we haven't seen sam do and if that's the the little bit of elevation that this offense needs to make it functional because if that's the case then i think that's a pretty significant indictment of sam and i and again fans are going to be freaking out about this fans of sam Howell. it's one game it's 10 throws by jacoby so we're not overstating but these are things in the decision makers minds that are now coming to the forefront it's just like well, maybe this issue that we thought was getting corrected is more significant than we thought. Maybe he can't elevate and can't do some of the basic stuff at the NFL that we thought he was going to be able to do at this point of the year. And if and if those 10 throws that Jacoby had show that, then I think that's a completely different animal. And the other thing is, how does he handle this adversity coming mm-hmm. out of this? So. Yeah. And the problem is, is like some of the things that I think could help support him aren't available. Like, you know, I, I've always loved the Hertz example that you've given and used is like, Jalen has this offensive line that helps him a ton and they run the ball really well and they don't have either of those things here. And so if you're not 
operating at NFL speed, making these NFL throws with NFL anticipation, you're just dead. And like, that's the, the problem. I know you might not like the word problem here, but like the issue, the whatever with the, the setup here is like, they're skating on thin ice. And, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, one game, this it's like, no, at this point they're four and four and 10, they're eliminated from the playoffs officially with this loss as well. So it's happened time and time and time again. Obviously, they've lost many different ways. The defense earlier in the year was was terrible in games they should have uh, won, where they did enough offensively. Um, so there's that. I, I just it's really frustrating. Um, and I th- and I, I think the the Jalen Hurts example is also interesting because it's not like they just got great personnel. It's like they built an offense that spoke to his skill right. set. You know what I mean? They right. said, "Oh, we're going to run the ball a little bit more with the quarterback." And they, there were games where he was running the ball 14, 15 times a game, and that's enough to steal first downs. We talked about Daniel Jones last year and what Brian Dayball and Kafka did with him up there in New York in terms of just finding finding easy opportunities with he, either he's running or on keeper where he keeps it and he runs. And we're just stealing first downs, possessing the football. That helps the play caller too. So I think there's – I understand what you're saying in terms of it being problematic, but it's also – the thing that I go back to is like let's say, again, in these 10 opportunities, it's not a big sample size, but it's – it's stuff that we've seen over the last three weeks, and Jacoby's hitting it. It's a different, yeah. it's a different conversation, you know. And I right, think, but I guess um, that's the point. Is like Sam's not Jacoby, right? yeah. But I mean, I think is is Sam even? <laughs> this is I, again, we're and this is me just talking out loud. I, I like Sam. I think he's done some really excellent things. I love the high end play, but is he even Jalen Hurts? You know, is he yeah, even that I mean, kind look, of Jaylen player? Won MVP last year, so probably no. But not. I'm saying, but I mean, I'm early career Jalen Hurts is what I'm saying. Yeah. Is he even on that kind of level? I think is what this conversation is lending itself to. Like, does he deserve? Does he deserve to start the rest of the season, or is this a is this a thing where it's like, hey, let's see how the offense actually runs with somebody who's run an NFL offense before? And that again, I'm I like, let me just say this again. I like Sam. I think his ceiling. He's shown a very very high ceiling. But all young quarterbacks, they go, they'll show you something good and they'll show something bad. And he showed something yeah. bad the last couple of weeks. So I guess I guess my point's more not actually on Sam. It's it's the system. And I don't mean that like the enemy specific system. It's the the environment around yeah. him. Right. Like if you if we rewind to the beginning of the season and we're like, we would like to win football games, which is very different than a place that you're in right now where you're kind of trying to compete but lose um, because you want the the top five draft pick, no matter who you wind up taking, quarterback or otherwise. But if you were like, hey, I got I to gotta win as many football games as I can in 2023, this setup I don't think was good because of how much it put on a guy who at his absolute best was early career Jalen Hurts, not... Jacoby Brissett, like if if you wanted to plug Jacoby into the system and and say, hey, our best chance to win is to start Jacoby and we're going to do that because he can get the ball out on time and he operates an NFL system and we trust him, then okay, maybe. But the, the, from the play calling to the general philosophy of pass run type of stuff to, you know, how you built the team offensive line wise, like there's a lot of decisions that got made before you even played a game that said, hey, Sam Howell is going to have to be pretty spectacular based off of his experience level. And the fact that Sam has not done that, it, it's hard for me to put that on Sam. That doesn't mean that you change the evaluation. It's like, oh, bad luck, kid. You're actually our starter moving forward. Like yeah. You have to be able to hold those two thoughts at once. But there's kind of the winning thing, and then there's the Sam thing. And obviously, neither right now look very shiny. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I don't really have anything 
I don't have any, I don't have a ton to add, you know, and I think this yeah. is all stuff we we've touched on over the course of the year and we're in a weird spot now talking about it on a Sunday after a, a weird loss in LA, you know, but, but it's the, the, the veins of truth have been kind of there throughout, you know, and, um, yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure that more information will come out when the season ends and, you know, everything is kind of the dust is settled like it always does. But yeah, it, th- those were, um, uh, interesting decisions early and, they still remain interesting decisions. Yeah, uh, to say the least. All right, speaking of interesting decisions, a couple of things real quick other than Sam Howell. Um, obviously, the 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 goal line, let's stay at the one-yard line for 10 plays. That wasn't yeah. great. Didn't love all the play calling there. Um, let's QB sneak from the two and then pass from the one-inch line with a six-foot-four, 230-pound quarterback. That seemed backwards on that, but we can, we can talk about that another day. Um, I want to... Uh, there's not really much analysis here. The Cameron Cheeseman thing is a disaster. Um, it's the fact tough. that it almost got, today today was tough. Yeah, today was tough. The fact that it got Tress hurt for a second, like it's just you know I don't know how many bad snaps you need in the preseason. And I know long snapping is hard at the NFL level. It's not to say like anybody could do it, but there's enough dudes out there that you didn't have to keep doing this. They drafted him. They traded up to draft him. Um, truly, one of the it's going to go down as one of the worst decisions of Rivera's tenure. Um, and it sounds like based off Ron's post-game comments, um, that's going to end. Uh, and they're, they're going to quote-unquote evaluate it. Um, so I don't know whether they'll put the kid on IR and try to save him and let him try out basically next year or whether um, they cut him. But we'll see what happens there. Defensively, actually, they hung in there pretty yeah. well for most of the game. Um, you had a blown coverage. Obviously, terrible. Um, yeah. They got put in some short fields. They got some ba- obviously no support from the offense for three and a half quarters. And it definitely looked better um better being a relative term yeah no i think i think the defense actually played okay and i think one of the reasons that i'm going to say that is because the off they got zero from the offense for a long time you know and i think that that is super frustrating uh, from the defensive side of the ball and uh and i thought you know there weren't as many coverage there was one big coverage bust but i thought the tackling was better i thought the assignment sound uh nature of the defense was better i think the one thing is it uh, is the way that LA was able to run the ball? That was a little bit disappointing, maybe a little bit surprising how effectively they were able to do that. Just the consistency, and it wasn't, you know, we talked about this a lot. It's not like you're playing Miami where there's a ton of different looks. It's like basically we're just going to out physical you. We're going to run duo. We're going to run weak. We're going to run um, Wanda, and like those are our runs. And we might sprinkle in an outside toss or something. But this team did a great job, kind of nipping those in the bud. It was just like the physicality up front. And I understand you're kind of playing more conservative coverage structures. At least that's what they did last week where you're playing relatively light boxes and you're asking guys to fit stuff that um, don't normally fit stuff. Like I think obviously like when you're running a lot of duo and the the nickel player comes and fits on the offensive lineman and does a pretty good job and the corner's a little bit late, it ends up being a big run. And that happened a couple times. And that's the whole nature of this offense is they want to keep you in light personnel make people who don't normally tackle fit. So uh, that was uh, something that was a little bit surprising to me. But I think in terms of just general consistency of play, I think you feel pretty good about it. I think the two turnovers were excellent. And I think they were turnovers that the defense earned, you know, being around the football, hustling and, and getting the ball out. So um, that was nice to see in the context uh, with with understanding that this is an historically bad defense. I think this is a trend in the right direction. And I think it speaks to, some stuff that Ron has done that's been great, you know, and and like yeah. he, he's he got it like for all of the stuff and all of the adversity and all of the weirdness that's happened this year, uh, like good job Ron taking them from 
yeah, a team on that particular that, point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that 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 looked really like looked rough for a long time, and now at least it looks like, hey, like this is passable. And if the offense is awake for some of this, I don't even think they scored twenty eight points. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think totally. I think they're able to possess the football. Like I don't know how many three and outs they had, but I was doing my notes and I was like, they've run. It was something like 20 or 15 offensive plays. It wound up being plays. 73 to 58 plays. And obviously, yeah. they took 10 plays to get in from the one-yard line. So, it, really, the discrepancy for much of the game feels worse than that. Because the Rams, at that point, are like, sure, go ahead. Yeah. You know, run a million plays uh, from the two. Um, I, I think what we wanted out of the defense was the ability to have cleaner evaluations. And I think that's what we got. Like, yeah. John and Duran played better today. That's yeah. great. You see some of the and you edge, got, and you got uh, your, lack of pressure. Uh, you got your Duran uh, playing defensive end sack there. And the, I don't know if you noticed that. It. Yeah, it was nice. And he looked very comfortable out there. That was awesome. I so thought you move, uh, you move some guys around. But, like, also you see that even if you simplify coverage structures, like, Benjamin St. Juice is going to make a mistake every once in a while. And, like, that's who he is as a player. On, um, on the Cooper Cup one? Yeah. I think, that's, that was, uh, I think that's Cam, actually. I think. What did you uh, think it was? The coverage so, so it's hard to say. It looked like it might have been cover three. So if cover three and that's and Cam's the weak hook player when they motion to that, he's got to carry the wheel. Which is something uh, that this off that this defense has had a really hard time with is carrying that wheel with that outside hook player. So again, yeah. that's where like coverages are really hard. Um, because I at first I thought it was quarters, and I was like, the way Benjamin matched this, I thought and the it way was Cam- three, which is would have made it Benjamin if you're playing like straight three. But if you have right. a rule that says the outside hook player's got to carry the wheel, then in a three by one. I, I, yeah, I, so- I also, you know what? I wonder if that was something that they used to do and they right. changed it, and it's like. Hey, we don't do that anymore. And maybe it was Benjamin because it used to be Cam, Correct. and now like and right. you know, so that those yeah, are kinds no, of that's things that can happen when you make changes. And that's why coverages are really hard. But I, I remember thinking like I feel it just felt to me like one of those things where Cam's got to carry this vertical, like just his body position. I, that's what I thought. And again, that's to your point. They're putting some new stuff in. They're emphasizing different things, and mistakes happen. And that was a mistake. And uh, but I think. To, to Benjamin St. Jude's credit, I thought he made a couple more plays in yeah. coverage. I thought he was pressing at the line of scrimmage. I thought he looked much more like the guy we saw last year, which I think is right. a testament to, gosh, what's the new DB coach's name? Oh, man. Whatever uh, Christian Garcia. Is. Yeah, Christian Garcia. Like, it's just they they seem like they're on the same page. I thought Quan Martin did some excellent stuff in the run game, which is what we wanted to see. I thought Cleek yep. Hudson did some excellent stuff. And again, we got to watch the All-22. You mentioned John and Duran. I think some of the run stuff is on them in terms of taking on double teams and sitting stuff down. But it, it, this is a this is a passable product in the NFL. This is a, this this was good enough to win the game, which is crazy to say because they gave up 158 yards rushing and they gave up an explosive play. But if the offense had come to play, I think this is a completely different landscape in terms of totally. defensive production. So, totally. Um, and is it? And yeah. let me just make this because I know if people are freaking out already. Is it good? No. no, is it better? No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. We're, we're trending in the right direction, but like it's almost impossible uh, not to. Um, I had asked Commanders PR. I, I just got a text um, saying that they'll still look this up for me, but they think that they're probably in the clear. I'd actually asked Commanders PR when it was like twenty-eight to seven. I was like, "What is the worst combined score over three games in the history of the franchise?" Because they had lost the previous ninety to twenty-five, and like yeah. this is a long. Long uh, or a long history of this franchise, where there's a lot of great stuff that has happened through Super Bowls, uh, you know the whole deal, but also also some very bad football. And um, this was trending towards being 
one of the worst you know states they have they said they'll check for me tomorrow though they think cutting it to eight probably spared us uh it was is the official word as of now but uh look for that stat on the hoffman show um point is i think this is going to be a very what what was kind of a let's just get us to the end of the season and plot along with the jacoby stuff becomes a lot more interesting this week we'll see what rivera says tomorrow three o'clock the press conference you'll hear live from rivera on 1067 the fan and the team 980 uh, of course this is tomorrow if you're watching this live on youtube with us on sunday night uh later today if you're listening on Monday in your audio feed or watching the uh, the replay on YouTube. Uh, anything else, Logan, you want to add? No, you know, this is... Uh, <laughs> no, let's please stop talking about this. Yeah, I just got to say, like, this is... I, I feel so weird. And I know this is my job now, but it's so weird talking about players like this because I got, always got to remind myself, these are dudes with families. And, like, I remember my mom would text me stuff like, oh, did you hear what this mean guy said about you? And I'm like, yeah. So we're not trying to be mean to anybody. We're just trying to no. give our information and our perspective on what's happening. So sorry if one of your kids is being talked about on the show. Yeah. Um, hey, I've, I've always said my your kid's job is to play. My my dad's kid's job is to talk <laughs> about it. So I'm just doing my you know, job. If you want me to know, say nice I know. things, I get you. play better. We, we want to um, say nice stuff. We want to say yeah. nice stuff. Would love to. Um, and at the end of the day, don't play better so that we say nicer stuff. Play better because it's it's that's that's the whole point of the thing. Uh, with that immense philosophy, uh, that'll do for the show. Uh, that is Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. I'll see you on the radio for the Hoffman Show, 4 p.m. on Monday. Logan and I back for the Take Command uh, film breakdown Tuesday slash Wednesday. We'll see you then. Thanks for watching and listening. Subscribe if you haven't. I've heard that's uh, that's awesome.